You've heard of the law of attraction. You've likely even tried some of the old school manifestation techniques. Why, after saying hundreds of positive affirmations and constantly attempting to get into some high vibe state, does it feel like nothing is shifting? It's likely because you aren't manifesting from your unique energetic alignment. Want to find out how you can manifest more consistently and effectively? Take the short, fun, and informative quiz that we created and learn how to understand and utilize your energy to create abundance in your business. Go to www.manifestationquiz.com and take the quiz today. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, my friends, welcome back to the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I have a beautiful guest today. Just realized we had this conversation right before we started that we first met in 2017 before when I was still living in New York, y'all. I was still living in New York through my friend Kim Sherman when I actually appeared on her podcast. And here we are, full circle, all these years later, and you're on mine. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure for me to be here. You sent me a DM. But first, before we get to that, I'm going to ask you a question Mm -hmm. that I like to ask all of my guests when we start the podcast, which is, Mm -hmm. what does the word creativity mean to you? Wow. So my whole body just filled up with goosebumps because the word creativity, when you just say that, and I don't think about it too much, the word creativity to me means life, vitality, um, a sense of starry nights and potential and, and just potential in the goodness of the moment. Creativity is so important to me as a, as a human, as this human. And I like to teach it and and work with it with all of my clients too, because it's such an important part of our brain, our imagination, creativity in any form. To me, it lifts me like four feet off the floor. So yeah, that's what it means to me. I think of you as a very creative human. One of the reasons I was drawn to you originally is that you are an artist, you're a therapist, you're a yogi, you're a human walking this planet who (laughs) is multi-passionate, multi-hyphenate, creative human being and I just love that about you and so I knew I knew that we'd have a good conversation you you dm me Mm -hmm. and you said we when we when we had decided you were going to come on the podcast and you said you know what you know what I think we need to talk about is re-emerging from COVID yeah because creativity requires adaptation and an ability to change Right. But what did the pandemic do to us, really? How did it shift us? Well, I mean, that's a big question. And we could go at it, you know, of course, from many different angles, right? But just starting where we just started, you know, creativity also is about process and evolution. And I think that's a part of, you know, finding our creative spirit, whether we're an actor, a painter, a person who works at a bank and cooks her dinners every night. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's your profession or not. Uh, uh, Embracing the fact that that creativity is a process and that it evolves and that we evolve creatively as humans, even just evolving through our lives. 
is sometimes challenging for us. And I think it's challenging for us partly because change always involves some kind of loss and some kind of, you know, maybe a ball dropped or something happened or, or things, things progressed, maybe not the way we really wanted it to, but that's kind of the nature of evolution. And so if we think about the global pandemic that we just all lived through that lasted almost three years, and by the way, COVID's not gone, COVID is here to stay. So COVID's here to stay, number one. So we don't get a Fifth Avenue parade like the war's over with confetti and balloons. COVID's here to stay. We have to adapt to it and, and you know, at some point hope it's just, you know, oh, that thing that you take a shot for every year, whatever. But we went through a global pandemic and the meaning of that and the, the collective trauma of that, and the and, but also the collective understanding, something that the collective in the world understood and what that demanded of us is huge. So to think about re-emerging from that is really like, yeah, in every aspect of our lives, it's holistic, right? So why, why you, you said it's like very multifaceted here, because it really affected every single part of our lives. And today, I really want to focus a bit on the creativity aspect in okay. that who we were before mm-hmm. as creatives and who we are after mm-hmm. is so significantly different. From the smallest thing to the biggest thing, it all affected us. But I would start one place um, in terms of creativity, you know, where we were before, okay, that's where we were before. And of course, we love the notion of, we love to be able to say we could live by the notion, well, that was then, but this is now, this is now, we're not going to try to recreate, we don't want to try to recreate, you know, but you know, we like to recreate, all of us really kind of want to, because we're like, you know, we're like, oh, but that performance is great, I hope I can do that Saturday, or, oh, but I was great at that when I was 16, I really want to try to do that again when we're 25, we all, we all do this, right, but that's, that's where we were, and then the whole world stopped, in a way, the whole world became, was in like a snapshot that just kind of was, at first, scary, some of us were really isolated, but some of us had to be right in the front, so either way, So I think a lot of things changed the way we saw ourselves, changed the way that we uh, dressed every day. You know, I saw my clients during COVID when there was no vaccine in, you know, in my PJ bottoms half the time, uh, definitely slippers, the whole, you know, the whole nine yards, we all did that stuff. Um, For me, though, one really interesting thing to think about is two things, actually. I think that during COVID, like I, I saw a lot on social media in the beginnings of COVID, people saying, wow, but this is a great opportunity to write your novel now or your memoir. And I was going, are you kidding me? I'm not capable of writing a memoir right now. I'm like, I'm really scared. And I'm like, freaked out. Some some people did probably, great. But I remember reading that and going, oh, come on, man. All right, cool. But some of us are just going to, you know. So what I feel happened to a lot of people was that, first of all, our metabolisms went down, slowed down a little our metabolisms probably slowed down. I'm not a scientist, I'm not an nutritionist, but I'm sure if I Googled it, we would find all sorts of literature on it because many of us became a lot more sedentary because of this, I'm picking up my computer, right? And also though, our metabolism slows down when we're incredibly frightened or when we're incredibly depressed or when we're incredibly sad or when we're under a lot of 
pressure or burden, our metabolism slows. So that's one big mind body thing that probably happened to millions of people. It happened to me. I know the other thing is as a creative being, my creative brain became quite sluggish at different times in COVID. Sometimes I was inspired, but a part of my creative, not all my creativity, but part of my creativity in my brain became sluggish. And as I was moving out of COVID, you know, the, the intense part of it, I, I wanted to do a project and I couldn't find it in my head. I, I, I couldn't find it in my thinking. I couldn't find my usual, the things that I knew to be the ways I would start to feel if I was thinking about doing a new show and and the inspirations I usually would start to have, it wasn't happening. And I, I became very frightened of that, thinking, did I lose it because of all that time? Then I found it one night, like, ping, and I thought, oh, okay. But I did start to say to myself, oh, maybe it's going to be a different way that I find it now. Yeah, I was in the middle of a couple creative projects that just got shut down. We stopped filming my documentary, mm-hmm. and... It was shut down for a couple of years, not just the moments, right? A couple of years. And so the project that I started mm-hmm. didn't even make any sense anymore. Mm. It, was, it was no longer valid. The story was no longer the story to tell. Right. And that was tough. That mm-hmm. was tough of, oh my gosh, I spent four years on this project and now it has to be a new story because the story has shifted. Mm-hmm. I've shifted as an artist. Like you, mm-hmm. I got super sedentary. In, not meaning to even. It just sort right. of happened. Mm-hmm. And yes, my metabolism changed. Yes, I gained seven pounds. Yes, and ironically, the film was about body image. Yes, yes, and yes. All yeah. of those things happened. Yeah. And it put a big stop into so much mm-hmm. that a part of my identity as the creative artist, as the, right. I, I went into the entrepreneur space because I, I, I live in both worlds, right? I'm an entrepreneur right. and I'm an artist. Yep. So I went into the coaching and the teaching space and I went all in in that during that time because mm-hmm. thankfully I did have that, but there was a yep. part of my identity that felt lost. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing. So if we look at it for a minute, anyway, we won't get stuck on it. But if we look at it for a minute from the point of view of collective trauma, right, which was literally worldwide, Mm -hmm. literally worldwide collective trauma. But if we look at it at the bullet point of it, when people go through, let's say, prolonged trauma or, like you know, three years, two years or a childhood of trauma, what you're doing during that time is surviving. You are surviving. And there's not a whole lot of creativity when you're surviving, there's not a lot of room for creativity. Sometimes there is. So there are the extraordinary times when people really punch their way out of survival and make something great. It's usually after, but sometimes during, for sure. But basically, when we're surviving, we're like this. And, you know, there was so much information to take in. What is this? We're not safe. People, so many people are dying. Do I know anyone who's dying? Am I going to have my job? Oh my God, those people, is there going to be a vaccine? There were so many things to think about, right? So if you think of it that way, your identity feels like it's narrowing. And then you kind of feel like, well, I'm doing what I'm doing. Like my job didn't interrupt at all, my therapy job. My creative endeavors, I didn't really do that much creatively during COVID. I did my podcast, 
so things narrow. And then, yeah, after a little while, you feel like, wait a minute, who was I or who am I now? Because I can't really get a hold on it because there's so much else kind of tapping at my cage and I'm kind of in a cage. So who am I? And then coming out of it, it's like, so can I find who I am? Can I find who I was? Who am I now? How will I find myself now? And even our relationships with one another shifted dramatically, right? Yes. Like my creative partnerships, some partnerships, some of them fell away. Some new yeah. people came in, just like we witnessed with marriages and relationships in that way. People either yeah. really came together or it crumbled for lots of people. And, and that happened too, I think, in many creative relationships. Why do you think being in that situation caused that or shifted that so dramatically? I think it's because fear like rips through us like a knife and we become really wounded by fear. And humans are always afraid of death anyway. I mean, human beings, are, we're all afraid of death. That's why we drink a lot of alcohol, eat tons of sugar, have caffeine. We're trying to race against death, right? I know that sounds really radical, everybody, but it's that's kind of what it is. And so we're already there anyway. And then we get hit with a global pandemic. And I mean, I'm laughing, but oh my God, you're watching television and, and television is kind of all you've got in COVID. And all you're seeing every night are these terrible numbers of people dying. So I think that part of that, the reason for that is because we became very ravaged by fear and we were in shock a lot of the time. And there's not a lot of connecting that you can do when you're in shock. You're not ready to connect really. And there's not a lot you can do when you're kind of bleeding to death from fear. You know, you're just kind of holding on to yourself. And all of this, of course, um, listeners is metaphoric and that doesn't mean we forsook all our friends and it doesn't mean we didn't have zoom meetings with them but if we really look back to those times that yeah there were a lot of there was a lot of trouble and then there was trouble because when vaccines came some people didn't want a vaccine some people did or or like families had tons of problems because the parents were like we're not doing the vaccine and the daughter's like well you can't see your grandchild I mean all kinds of stuff so there was just so much, I think we were just fraught with so many hard decisions and so much fear, you know, and, 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 and shock that it just made everything feel difficult unless it was watching the entire season of Ozark starting at six o'clock every night, you know what I mean? With a bowl of chili or something, you know? I think for me too, it brought this idea of priorities. Mm -hmm. What are the, what are my priorities here? Not only yeah. in terms of my business, in terms of my creativity, but also in terms of relationships, in terms yeah. of who are the people in my life that are truly, truly important. And not, not that they're tiered, but of course, we all tier people, right? We have our levels or layers of friendship. That's just yeah. natural and, dare I say, mm -hmm. normal. And yeah. some of those third and second degree tiered people kind of fell away for me. And mm -hmm. I don't mean that like in a oh my gosh, I can't believe they're gone or I can't believe I did that. It was just very natural. And yeah. a part of me sat there going, wondering, well, I was, you know, not yet 50, but pre-pandemic and in my in the pandemic. And then, you know, what are we now calling post-pandemic, even though we're still sort of in it? I don't know what we call it, but. It's not a pandemic now, but. Yeah, it's not a pandemic, but COVID, post-COVID. It's a bummer. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I, the new norm, whatever this is. Mm -hmm. 
and now in my 50s, is that I was thinking, is this age? Or did everyone experience sort of a, a shedding and a letting go of those that weren't maybe as important? That's really interesting. I think it's partly age, but I think that what you're talking about, which is something that I, I work with, my practice is mostly people in their 20s and 30s. And then I have other kind of people in my practice too. But what you're really kind of talking about too is this feeling of unrest and like unsettlement and kind of irritation with friendships, with friend groups, with communication, with how to hang on, can we hang on? So I would say that what you're talking about might be a function of age because for us, we've gone through enough times and disappointments with people or we realize you don't always have the same friend from the time you're 20 to the time you're 60. Some friendships just go away. And if it's during, you know, times of real hardship and stuff, that that can happen. For younger people that I work with, what I was finding was a feeling, um, hearing a lot about while it was all going on, feeling like they needed to kind of, in a way, drop the distraction of how hard it felt to be connected to others and mm. you know, just kind of be lone wolves or be lone wolves who went back to their parents' houses and just lived with their parents for several months. A lot of people did that you know, to be cared for and to feel like, okay, so I have a really simple, basic life now, but I'm also with people who are taking care of me. Or, and and this is what's interesting, I think about the transition, and we went through a few transitions, now is kind of the biggest leap, right? Because we're, we're feeling like, okay, we're getting to a place where this is going to be kind of like you say, the new norm. I think there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of dread and and some deflated mood about, you know, how do I approach my friends again in a way that will feel natural? Because nothing has been natural for a long time. Everything has felt like I had to kind of make it happen or wonder about it. You know, how is this going to go? It can't, be, it's, it doesn't, I don't remember what it was like when it just flowed and was natural, you know? Yeah, I was at a, an event, my first big event mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the room and it was just, you know, a hundred people. I haven't been around a hundred people in right. so long that at first it was like, oh my gosh, I'm slightly uncomfortable here. I, you know, and I use my, I use my tools. I was like, take a breath, you know, all the things to take you out of this sort of sympathetic nervous system stuff that was happening. Take the deep breath, walk in. And, you know, within a few minutes I adjusted and it yeah. was like, oh yeah, okay. I know how to do this. But yeah. there definitely was that anxiety or stress really around yeah. it, around how yeah. deep. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think that although the internet saved us, you know, the internet provided, for those of us who, who had to isolate, and, and we're not talking about the people who were frontline people who stayed in the hospitals and who, who were in gas stations and who were like the frontline people who risked their lives constantly, who didn't have the luxury of being isolated. So that's another problem of its own because mm-hmm. those people, you know, were also torn away from a normal, a, a normal social template because of feeling like, how can anybody understand this? I don't know how, I don't know who can understand what I'm going through. I, I volunteered with some nurses at Montefiore during it. And like, they were so desperate to talk to somebody because it was like, I don't think anybody can possibly understand what this is. And so I'm now isolated just in myself because of what I'm going through. And then the rest of us were isolated. 
And so, yes, I think, I think that then, yeah, what happens is you feel like re-entry is, first of all, re-entry, listen to how we're talking about it, right? We've always been here. We've all been here, but we've been here compromised. We, we, we were compromised. It's like we have little weights that we need to kind of lift a little bit, like uh, just a little bit to just, like you said, okay, I went to a thing with a hundred people. It wasn't a thousand people. Good for you. Cause that might've been like, but we lift little weights that help us say, for me, it's even tinier for me. It's like, and I'm, I'm here on Cape Cod, but it's not even so crowded, right? It's about, well, maybe we could go to that tapas place and just have a glass of wine. Now it's probably going to be empty. It's five o'clock. And that's, a, that's been a big one for me, you know, because I wouldn't do it. I was so really radical during COVID, you know, little weight lifts, little little, you know, getting some strength back and perspective, because you see our perspective changed radically, not of our choice, not gradually, not naturally, the way it often happens in life. Our perspective changes from when we're 12 to when we're 16 to when we're 20 to when we're 40. But our perspective had to change in about two weeks. It was radical. We weren't prepared. And so getting perspective back is quite daunting for most of us now because perspective is big. It's a big life skill using perspective. Yeah. Michael and I, my husband, Michael and I were, we flew to Malaysia. We were in Malaysia and in Bali. Mm -hmm. And when we flew home, we -hmm. flew home to shelter in place. So Mm -hmm. we left our home, we left the U S and we were on vacation And we were hearing about something that was happening and we came home right before they closed the airspace and we came home to shelter in place. It was a radical shift. Like you said, in that two weeks, during that two weeks, we flew in, we flew back during that. And it was something so dramatic and Mm -hmm. kind of hard to wrap our brain around that I wonder, have we yet, have we yet been able to even understand, can we even understand what really happened yet? I I don't think so. And I think that's okay because I think we're still a little bit in shock and partially it's because yet again, so we've had transitions. This isn't our first transition. So we had one transition, which was now we have vaccines and then a second transition. Oh, they don't last. You have to have more. That was another transition. And then another transition was, oh, okay. We have vaccines and some masks. Oh, we're going to open up again. Oh, I think we're fine when we really were not fine. And then they went, oh, no, we're not fine. We're going back now. So, you know, we've had, a, we had a lot of false starts, basically, a lot of transitions that were kind of false, right? Or, or not false, but, you know, uprooting and kind of, again, surprising and like, jump up, find the vaccine. Is there a Walgreens? Ah, you know, mm-hmm. now we have a little bit more of a, it's a little more middle ground communication. This is, you know, if you're boosted, great. If you're this, whatever those details are. But I don't think we really have wrap, wrap our brains around it. Because it was huge, because it lasted so long, like it wearied us. It's like carrying a backpack full of bricks uphill for three years, you know, and while you're doing it, by the way, being really afraid a lot of the time, whether it's afraid of death or sickness or economic demise, people lost their jobs or people couldn't go live to their jobs. So they just didn't get to have their job, you know the economic repercussions, losing your sense of creativity, not, not really recognizing yourself because 
you don't have the mirrors that you're used to, like the mirrors that you, that we're not usually really conscious of, but we have a lot of mirrors in our life that remind yeah. us who we are. And we suddenly, a lot of us didn't have those, you know? Well, I think that's interesting because what was, speaking of interesting, to to see were people's reactions that were so vastly different to the pandemic and I, I thought about that a lot, about the inner life, my own personal inner life and the relationship that I had with myself. Mm-hmm. And I was very grateful for a lot of the work that I've done in therapy, with yoga, with meditation, with the toolbox of tools that I had. They all came into play during the pandemic yeah. and were really needed yeah. and necessary, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And I, I witnessed people really reaching out and and almost grasping for them. So it doesn't yes. surprise me that you were busy the whole time, right, with your practice. And I was very busy online coaching, consequently, yeah. because of that. What I wonder is, did people grasp onto those and then drop them and say, oh, I'm fine now? Or is this something that's going to be more integrated? I think it's going to be more integrated. And I say that from my particular point of view, so I understand speaking of perspective, my perspective is based on what I experience, who my friends are, but a lot of who I work with, right? And, you know, those people are working with me to be conscious, to get those kinds of, you know, to get the dirt off your glasses and see life for what it is and all of that, which is hard for all of us, including me. So I think it'll become integrated. I just think that because of the way everything has gone down, the notion of, again, what I said a a while ago was the notion that process takes a while. We don't really love to hear that. We like to say that we like process, but we don't really love to hear that. Like, I don't really love to hear from the physical therapist that this injury I have here is going to take a while. I'm like, "Mm." and, you know, even if someone's buying into being in therapy with me, if I say, well, a lot happened to you, you know, it's going to take a while. I, you know, they're kind of like, you know, I get it. I get it. But I think that integration is going to take a while. The good news is that that path of breadcrumbs was leading us within, like you said, during that time, whether it was to a place of pain or sorrow or fear, or a lot of people said I was the calmest I've ever been during COVID because I was quite a lot of people kind of welcomed it for a while. Right. But the reality is it brings us within and that's where we always end up. And so if people can learn after something so horrific that, oh, that's where I always end up. I didn't know that because life was vibrant and noisy and full of stuff going on and people around me. I didn't actually realize that until the world went quiet on me. So I think a lot of people will come to realize not just I used those things and I tried meditation during COVID and I, I did A, B, and C, but I do think people are going to start embracing the fact, oh, that's always where I end up. And now I just need to kind of attend to the wounds and the recovery that I have from such a difficult time as I move into this new place. And I think that's what's causing a lot of anxiety and a lot of a lot of people feeling it's really daunting and wondering how am I going to do it or what am I going to do now or what can I trust now? Honestly, what can I trust? Yeah, because you know? simultaneously while that was happening, a lot of our institutions were crumbling. So it was multi-layered in addition to 
the pandemic okay. itself. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I noticed, and I, I want to hear your take on this to see if it, if it's similar yeah. or what your thought is yeah. on it, is that it suddenly felt, while it was very slow at the beginning, like it felt like a day was forever, something shifted and it suddenly felt like we zoomed into this fast forward speed mm. and that the world spins faster now for me. And again, I've been asking myself, is this an age thing? I know that like, you know, it's the time relativity thing, mm-hmm. but do you feel a sense of that in any way? What do you mean when you say, and now the world seems to be spinning faster for you? What do you mean? It, it feels like I start my day, I do a couple things and the day's done. And I'm like, where did the day go? Where did the day go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that, that's such a, that's such a great question because I, cause you know, I have some notes to the right of me on my desk that actually weren't about this podcast. It was about something else uh, related to the, the COVID thing, like a lecture I'm going to do. And and one of the elements I have down here is time. Our relationship to time has changed. Yeah. Our relationship to time is different. Doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. And I really, I think it's really important that we all try to believe, believe the statement that says nothing ever is going to stay exactly the same or be rigid ever because everything is always changing if you feel like you're not a confident person no one's always confident confidence is like this time shifts for us how we experience it everything shifts and you know there's a big part of us that doesn't like that but it would be great to be friendly with that especially having just been in you know a really rigid time of this is where we are we can't go anywhere so for you let's say it could be age because I kind of relate to what you're saying and part of my response to that of like aging and time is that I'm trying to simplify as many days of the week as I can so that they're quiet enough that I don't feel pushed in a pace and I I need to create that space right I need the I need the white space in order for the creativity to flow in yes and yet I I found myself I'm a doer right? I'm a creator. I want, I I like to do a lot of things and I'm involved and I've had to learn, particularly during the pandemic, I had to learn. And now after even more so Mm -hmm. to simplify, Mm -hmm. like you're saying. Yeah. This is funny because I just had a really dear friend here overnight because it was her birthday and she, she's a voice teacher and she had a career as a singer, but about 20 years ago, she sat on a park bench with me in Boston, 25 years ago, I think actually. And she looked at me and she said, I think I want to be a poet. And I said, great, go ahead. All right. And she's like, just published her second book. I mean, she self-publishes. She hates marketing. She doesn't even have a smartphone. Like she's just, you know, she's old school. But you know what she does? She really, she was talking to me this weekend. Not that I didn't know this about her, but she was saying, you know, more and more, I just have to say, I know myself best if I can have solitude. That's when I know myself best. And I said, what do you mean by that? You know? And she talked about it and like, she really protects certain days of the week that nothing gets scheduled, you know, or a certain day she cleans her house and gets some groceries. And then there's a writing day and then there's this, you know, and it's very interesting. She's 76. So I do think it's interesting. I think our relationship to time would have changed anyway, all of us, whether we're 25 or 40 or 60. But again, when something major happens like that, and in our lifetime, we've never had that anything like this happen. We don't know. I mean, there are very elderly people, I guess, that maybe remember World War II. But even that, even that, it didn't happen on our turf. It's interesting. So I think when something big like this happens, we also 
don't know until it's kind of over. That's why now is such a hard time for so many people. Again, there's no parade on Fifth, Fifth Avenue. We're not going, yay, I feel so great now, it's over. We're just like, oh my God, where am I? What am I doing? Do I have any friends left? Is she really my friend? And I don't know if I want to go to drinks with people. And like, oh my God, this day, there's too many stuff. I'm going to cancel half of it, you know? Yeah, or do I even want to do that creative project anymore? Do I want this business anymore? Do I want to be a part of this industry anymore? These questions are coming up for a lot of my clients, and I'm sure yes. for yours as well. And yep. I, it's okay. I think that's the thing that, that we all have to remember, that we're coming out of, like you said, like comparing it to a war, like a war, like a, a really dramatic, traumatic time. And mm-hmm. it's okay to not know. It's okay to be in the question. It always is, but it particularly is right now. And that's the seed of creativity, honestly, is the not knowing and the question. And, you know, the beginner is the master, all that stuff that probably a lot of your listeners have heard. But that's the starting point is the question. And I don't know, you know, I don't know. And can I, can I be okay with not knowing? Because not knowing is the beginning of curiosity and curiosity is the best bird feeder, you know, for the flight of your creativity, you know, because that's, that's where it's going to come from. And, you know, it's not going to come from us banging our head against the wall, although sometimes we do. But like, for example, I found that like when I was brain dead creatively, and I thought I was never going to get it back. And I was really kind of like, oh my God, oh my God, you're just going to be a boring old person with nothing to say. And, you know, and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And then (laughs) one night in this room, it just miraculously came back to me and I went, Oh my God, I think I know what I want to do. Yeah. And so it's a, it's an interesting thing to realize that there's a freedom. Like I find that I have a newfound freedom after all this to just say what I feel like in this project that I'm doing. And I don't care. And usually I'm a little, you know, I'm like, I was like one of those people in the theater industry that was like nervous for about auditions and not that confident unless I got a call back, you know, that kind of person. Like I was not like, yeah. And so I'll tend to be, or, or I used to, I used to tend to be a little self-critical with stuff, but now I feel like, no, this is great. I'm going to do this. It's great. I don't care. I don't care. It's fantastic. I'm just, I'm loving this. It's going to be great. Yeah, she might take it at that theater, but maybe not. Whatever. If she doesn't, someone else will. And I've noticed, I've thought, wow, this is wild. Who am I? You know? Yeah. And I said that to a friend of mine, and you probably know him, Jamie Beeman. You know, he's a great creative guy. And he was saying, I felt the same way coming out of COVID. I suddenly felt like, all right, I don't care. I just want to do this thing. So it can go that way, too. If you retrieve your energy, your energy may be different and like you're saying, you may, this project that you thought was so cool, you may not be that into it anymore or whatever, or you're just trying to gather yourself. But even if we're gathering ourselves and even if we don't have a project or we don't know, being okay with not knowing is indeed the beginning of moving forward. I too have become less careful. That's yeah. the word I would say, less careful. Yes. And I have stepped into my own power in mm-hmm. a way that I, Thought that I knew before, but mm-hmm. I'm embodying it more fully because I too was in my head. I too was super critical. I too was worried at mm-hmm. times about what other people thought of me or what oh, yeah. they thought of what I was saying or had to say in the world. Mm-hmm. And something has shifted in me. And that is one of the great gifts because I do believe there are also major gifts of this time 
Yes. And that's a big, big gift for me. That's a mm-hmm. huge gift, a mm-hmm. huge gift. And I encourage everybody out there to think about what are those gifts as well. Exactly right. And, you know, it's like, I love the internet, but I hate the internet. And like, I don't ever watch TikTok. I never go on Instagram because I just can't be on social media all the time. You hate the internet. You love the internet. Yeah. So speaking of questions. Yeah. Of being in the question of sitting in the question. I have three questions for you. It's our speed round of oh. questions. I just want the first thing that you think, the first thing that comes, okay. to, comes to your mind. The first question of the speed round is, who do you want to collaborate with that you have not yet? Joni Mitchell. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's yeah. my good answer. Second question. What is your next great manifestation? Mm, growing old enough to see my granddaughter Isabella in all her glory as a oh, young adult. That's beautiful. And then the final question is a fill in the blank. I am. I am fully alive. Mm. Yeah, I'm fully alive. And just because we're we're talking about this stuff here, I'm fully alive and I'm aware. I'm more aware now. This is interesting. I'm more aware now than before COVID, although I was aware then too. But I'm more aware now what still needs a lot of attention. You know, I'm more fully aware of what needs attending in my spirit what needs healing, what needs not fixing, but what needs some adjustments so that I can be living in the middle ground so that I can be less reactive. So I can really wake up and be really glad about every day. I'm more aware of it and I'm okay with it. And I'm able to let that out. I'm able to kind of tolerate it more. And that's what I mean by fully alive. I really feel like I have the potential right now to not fight what goes on inside me or not fight when it doesn't go well or when it does go well or or it goes however it is. And that's kind of in tandem with what I forgot about earlier about the social media thing. You know, we see so much on social media about, you know, whatever it is, manifestation, yourself, your identity, all that kind of stuff. I feel like we're very inundated on social media and, and I'm not crazy about that. However, whether some of the people delivering the information are not as wise or a little more careless than other people, it doesn't matter because the essential messages like from people like Brene Brown, who is sort of the pioneer person about the vulnerability thing, like Julia Cameron, whom you work with and all of that kind of stuff, that stuff is all really true. And it's really important for us to come out of this wounding time and be the wounded healer for ourselves. Just be the wounded healer. You can heal. Hearts break and they regenerate. Things go wrong and they can be righted. And you can lose yourself and find yourself again. And you can find a, a newness about yourself, but recognize you. You can recognize your own spirit no matter what. So all these kinds of iconic people who teach us this, it's true. The gifts of imperfection, her first book, Renee Brown, it's really true. It's a gift to be able to understand our own fragility or our own mistakes and all of those kinds of things because it softens us and it gives us the capacity to be present to whatever is. I say capacity because even the Dalai Lama, like if I said to him, oh, are you present for everything that is? And he'd crack up laughing and be like, no, that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. he'd say, I try. <laughs> I try. 
And I do believe that is also one of the gifts, like you said, of the pandemic to bring this full circle mm-hmm. is this ability to soften, to really mm-hmm. examine ourselves, to look inward, to express creatively, maybe in a new form or maybe maybe an extension of the old form, but in whatever way is truest to your soul and your calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being here and chatting ditto, with ditto. me. Yeah, ditto. And where can people find you? Speaking of social, I know not your favorite, but where can people find you? People can find me at susan-lambert.com. And on Facebook, you can find me and the podcast is in the balance.life. I don't, I don't do it any longer, but we have fantastic episodes to listen to. Um, many of which I did during the pandemic, actually, um, with people. Um, uh, so that, that was a, a really interesting part of that time. And um, yeah, and through you, like if anybody needs anything, I'm, I am not inaccessible. I'm not hard to find. I don't make myself hard to find. I don't know. I look forward to um, hearing these speeches that you're you're going to be giving about this because I think that Great. it's important. It's really important for people to hear this message and for mm-hmm. for 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 us to heal from yeah. this time and as we navigate the waters of whatever it is we're emerging from in this time of life. Thank so. you. I did I did several um, free support groups during COVID, and I'm about to start a new one. Um, about reemerging, and you know, you'll see that on social media. You'll, you'll see that. I'm just not sure what I'm going to do it yet because, uh, but whatever. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating time, and yeah, I think we're like perennials, like the tree I just see out my window here that's starting to bud. We can bud again too, you know. We can so, bud again too. We can bud again too. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Soulpreneur podcast. We'll be back with another episode very soon. I know you enjoyed this episode, so be sure to give us a review. Give us a four or five-star review, the best possible. We love them. Woo! They help us send the message to more folks. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.